You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So we've been doing this Love Works campaign with the mentality that in the name of Jesus, we can change our known world. Do you believe that? You know, the Bible, the, the, the foundational text that we have is from Hebrews 10, 24, and it tells us, think of ways that you can encourage one another to outburst of love and good deeds. Outbursts are like, ooh, you know, an outburst. You don't want an outburst of anger. You want an outburst of love, an outburst of, of, of something good happening, a, a good deed. We opened up the series, if you remember, with an emphasis on the first purpose, which is families and how important families are to society. And we, we mentioned that families need to be welcomed in the church. How many of you that are sitting here in second service, do you feel welcomed? Okay, for those three that don't have your hands up, go give them a hug, please. <laughs> right? Families need to feel welcomed, and we emphasize the importance right there. I, I talked about how 19 and a half years ago, Shauna, myself, and my three kids came into Living Word Chapel, and we had no idea about what it meant to be a Christian or <clears throat> all those different things, and that I was welcomed. We were welcomed with open arms. And they had no idea that one day these two would be in ministry, that I would be a pastor preaching and that Shauna would be leading worship. They, no idea. And God had a plan. Amen? And so not only are families, do they need to be welcomed, but families also need to know that there is restoration in the name of Jesus. People can be restored. There's a lie out there from the devil himself that says that there's no hope for a marriage. Can I tell you that with Jesus, there's always hope? There's always hope, and, and we need Jesus to be at the center of our marriage so we can have reconciliation, so we could have restoration take place. And then when, when families begin to be restored, um, then you move on. To, the reason that we are restored is because they're firmly grounded. And I mentioned last week, and I mean, two weeks ago, and I, I want to mention again, Here's the thing, if you've had a, uh, something happen, there's been a failure in your marriage, there's been something that's gone on, there's always hope with Jesus. He's not going to leave you abandoned. We live in a, in a society, in a world of abandonment. That's not God. God doesn't operate that way. He reconciles. He loves us. He gives compassion to us. So those three are so vital. I, I, I mentioned just a tidbit last week as, I, um, as we were talking about the love, the, the, the love Works offering that I had had a discussion with a school teacher uh, just last week or two weeks ago. And I, rec not recently, but a couple years ago, did a, did a wedding and the, the, the married her and her and her husband and they moved to the valley and she became a school teacher now this this lady this young lady has an engineering degree very sharp very smart very intellectual she was yearning very compassionate about going and making a difference in education and she went into the worst neighborhoods in phoenix and went to the schools, and went, and she tried, and she was there in the midst. And she, when I spoke to her the other day, I said, are you still teaching? How's, how's it going? How's everything going in, the, in, in your, in your uh, classroom and things? She said, I'm not teaching anymore. And she had this hurt, this heartache. She said, it was so bad. There was so, the, 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 the kids, the youth, there was, there was so much going on. In fact, she said, I just got a call today from one of the other teachers. They almost burned the school down. And, and, and I'm not saying the kids. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that families are broken. And they need God to be restored. It's not the school teacher's job to discipline your kids or our kids. It's, and it's not, it's, not their, it's not the youth pastor's job to teach them the Bible. That happens in the home. 
And so I talked about the importance of that, and, and, and in that, I, I just, uh, as I talked to her, my heart went out, because here is a woman with an engineering degree, and, and she went into the workforce. They picked her up right away. They probably gave her a huge salary, and she could be pouring and investing into kids. I'm not saying it's her fault. I'm saying we need to do something. There needs to be change, and change will only happen in the church and through the church. Because we're the agents of God. Amen? And so family is, is, is so important. So we, we, we're generous because we want families to feel welcome. We want them to have a, a patio where they can come sit. We want them to have a playground where the kids will say, Hey, that was so much fun. <laughs> because, you know, kids want to have fun. You know, you, you know girls want to have fun. You heard the song. Girls just want to have fun. Right? But kids want to have fun. Right? And, and so you, you make a friendly place where people have fun and they're welcomed. And, and, and then you, you see the growth and you see Jesus touch their lives. And, and God changes hearts and he restores marriages and, and he does all those good things. And even if you've had a broken marriage, you come to a church and they, and they begin to pour into you the things of God. And you have a second start in life and God will be glorified in that. So our generosity does not go in vain. It has an eternal dividend. The second purpose is we're talking about media and live feed capabilities. And the question that I was, would ask is, is the gospel a worthy investment? Is, is the gospel of Jesus Christ a worthy investment? I was thinking about uh, a pastor, Patty Musaki from Kampala, Uganda, who I had some time to, uh, I, I spent some time with him two years ago. We helped the ministry there. We actually helped him do a big children's party where there were like, uh, I forget, uh, 2,000 kids that we fed through Living Word Chapel. I mean, one of our year-end offerings. And uh, Patty said, these kids, some of them come from Muslim homes. And the parents send them because they get to eat something. And they feed them real good and, and he, he gets to share the good news with them and they receive Jesus. And their lives are changed. But we were talking about uh, some things. He was talking about the American church and he says, you guys have so much. You have so many material things. You have so much monetary blessings. He said, but sometimes you have very little spiritual things. Sometimes the, the finances, the money, all these things, they can suck your spirituality and what's important. And, and then I said, well, what do you think? You think that, you know, you know, we spent too much money? He said, no, 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 don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, Pastor. Don't get me wrong. He said, a soul, a soul is worth a million dollars to God and more. You cannot put a price on a soul. In fact, heaven's bank account was emptied so that God could come to the earth and get us out of our debt through Jesus Christ. God gave it all. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that no person that would trust in him would perish but instead they would have everlasting life. God emptied heaven for that. I think that that is like so unbelievably cool. He loves us that much. And I want to continue this series with a message that I've titled Part 2. Generosity for the sake of the gospel. And I want to use uh, three points that are going to help us See the importance of being generous for the sake of the gospel. Here, here's the thing, and, and t tell me if I'm wrong. At Christmas time, does it get very difficult to go into the mall? Is it hard to find parking? Is it hard to even find places to eat because they're jam-packed? Because people are thinking about who they're going to give to, and we got to do this, we got to do that, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Especially when we are the recipients. 
But I want you to think about the importance of being generous for eternal dividends. Being generous for the sake of the gospel is so important. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this second service. And I just pray in the name of Jesus that you, uh, as we open up your word, that you'll bless our understanding, our, our hearing, our hearts, to be open to receive all that you have for us, Lord. And, and uh, thank you for every person that is here. It is not an accident or coincidence that that person is sitting in that seat next to that person. That other person, you have ordained that. And I pray, Lord, that as each one of us open up our, 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 our minds and our hearts, that you will speak to us very clearly, that you'll use me as an agent of, uh, of, of this message to speak truth and life. And that when we leave here, we'll all say, man, it was good to be in God's house today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So three things that, we sh that should prompt us to be generous for the sake of the gospel. And the first thing is the, the gospel needs to be proclaimed. Pastor Bob didn't even know what I was preaching on. And he comes up and he says, we take offerings because we want for the gospel to be proclaimed. Let me say this. Money doesn't save people. Buildings don't save people. But people get saved in church buildings. That's why we invest into them. You weren't here for service. And we got here and we, we, for some reason, we got a late start on the heater. That's not a good thing at 8 in the morning. I had four people come up to me and they said, Pastor, it's cold in here. To which I agreed. And as they said, they said, did you not pay the gas bill? <laughs> I said, yes, we did pay the gas bill, praise the Lord. But we, start, we started the furnace a little bit late, so it's going to take a little while for it to warm up in here. But people love to come to church to a warm building. And in the summer, people enjoy coming to church to air conditioner. When it's 120 degrees in the shade. And so the reality is that our generosity has something to do with the gospel being proclaimed. Because when the gospel is being preached, there's always an opportunity for someone to receive salvation through the only name that you can receive salvation. And that is through the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. It's amazing how generosity can open up an avenue for people to hear the message and receive their Savior. To announce the virgin birth, God used an angel to proclaim the message. And we see this in the Christmas story. The angel said to them, them being the shepherds, he said, Do not be afraid. I bring you, say it with me, good news. Do not be afraid. And the reason he said that is because when you see an angel, you freak out. An angelic being, supernatural, you go like, oh my goodness. He said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. And he goes on, that will cause great joy for all the people. And, and here's the thing, beloved. You as Christians, do we have any Christians in the house? You know, Christians are joyful people. And, and, and at Christmas time, people that are not Christians, they get kind of upset about that. But the Bible says that when the, when the angel came to the shepherds, the angels came to the shepherds, that he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. Beloved, we are the joy of this world. This message that we have is wonderful news. And then he said, today in the town of, of David, which is Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, the Christ child, the chosen one, the anointed one of God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That is good news. 
You see, beloved, the Christmas story is an introduction to God's good news. When we celebrate Christmas, we should say, yeah, because it introduces us that there's good news for us. Despite our world, how many of you in your world, how many of you have had bad news recently? Huh? But can I tell you something? That bad news will never quench the good news of Jesus Christ. That good news sustains me. I love Christmas. Joy to the world. The king has come. If I could sing, I'd just sing. And it brings joy to our world. Amen? Brings joy to the world. We never stop celebrating Jesus, and we never should, because Jesus is the reason for the season. And we grab a hold of that hope, and, and he is the gospel. And, 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 and you look at this. At that time, God used an angel to proclaim, but today he uses the church. As this child grew up into manhood, this Jesus, he revealed that he is the Savior of the world. In fact, the Bible reveals what happened at the beginning of his public ministry. Before he went forth to the multitudes, he went to a synagogue in Nazareth. And the Bible says he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. So where was Jesus brought up? In Nazareth. How do we know? Because the Bible tells us so. Very good. And on the Sabbath day, he went to the, into the synagogue as was his custom. And he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim, say it with me, good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the attendant, and sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, as he sat down, he said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your Hearing. It's been fulfilled in your midst. That's important. Because he spoke to them and they heard it. And they were anticipating that this Messiah would come. And he said, today I have come. And I'm here. Amen. So what you see is, 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 is amazing. It's huge because initially an angel proclaimed the good news of the Christ child. That was a heavenly proclamation. And here we see that Jesus as an adult, he verified and confirmed and proclaimed that he is the good news. And the good news is this. Because of Jesus, prisoners of sin are reconciled to God through his cross. Those that have been imprisoned to the, to the consequences of sin have been set free. The blind, whether they were physically blind or spiritually blind, their eyes were opened. And to this day, God still, through his people, through prayer, through anointing, there are still people that receive healings for blind eyes. Physically and especially spiritually. How many of us were blinded? We were in the dark. We didn't know the light of God. And God opened up our eyes through Jesus Christ. And now we get excited about Christmas. And we get excited because we know that Jesus is the reason for the season. That's because we're not spiritually blind anymore. Those in bondage to demonic oppression are set free. And they have a second chance of life. Jesus Christ makes this a reality. And when he said this to his audience in the synagogue, he understood that this message was ordained to be preached throughout generations. When he was saying that to those few that were in the synagogue, there was something going on in him that it was not going to stop there. The message of the gospel was going to go forth throughout generations because it's in the church and through the church 
that the message of Jesus Christ continues to be proclaimed. And right before he went to the cross, he said this to his disciples. He said, the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. This gospel message is not supposed to stop an oracle. This gospel message was never intended to stop in Tucson. This gospel message is not supposed to stop in, in, in Guatemala or, or Detroit. How many of you know that we're sending some relief to Detroit because Detroit needs Jesus? How do I know that? Because they're in some, uh, some, uh, some uh, monetary oppression, but that's not the, the, the thrust of it. The thrust of it is they need, we need God. And so because we believe the gospel changes lives, we'll send it forth wherever we can. The gospel should be going forth from one nation to another nation. I was so immensely blessed. The first trip we went to Guatemala, first trip we went, we were taken to the north of Guatemala to to villages that had never had a North American missionary there. There had never been a North American there. Most of them probably had never heard the gospel. In fact, when I shared with those, with those pastors this last year that I was there, and I shared with them a, a, a pastor's uh, um, a conference seminar, most of them, we, we laughed about it last week with Gary, but most of those pastors did not know what circumcision was. They, didn't, they never had, huh? Ouch. You know? As I explained it to them. They read it over. They have a third grade education. But they love Jesus. And they're making a difference. And God wants us to go forth. He wants us to continue to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to wherever he will send us. Here's the thing. Do you think God had an idea that the Roman Empire would develop the best road system for the early missionaries to travel? Did you know that the Romans, when they conquered the, the world, that they made the, 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 the highways, the road system, it was something way beyond anyone had ever seen. That's why we talk about the road to Rome. The road to Rome was fully developed. It was the I-10 of that day. It was the Interstate 40 of that day. They didn't have those kinds of roads before that. Do you think he might have known that before the Romans... That there was this dude called Alexander the Great who would conquer the known world and introduce it to the Greek language. The Greek language is one of the most precise languages in which the majority of the New Testament would be written. Do you think God might have had anything to do with that? So when the New Testament writers would write, they would have these different words for love. Agape. Phileo. All these different words, it is such a precise language. Do you think God was scratching his head wondering, what are they doing? Or do you think that it is a very perfect time? Do you think Jesus came on a day, on an hour or in a second, that was maybe some kind of a mistake? Or do you think that Jesus came at a very God-ordained Perfect time. Do you think that God had any idea that in the 1500s, Gutenberg or Gutenberg would invent a printing press? Any of you that know history? And that it allowed the Bible to be printed in the common language of all the people? So the pillars of the church of that day, like Martin Luther and John Calvin, so they could have the gospel, the gospel translated in the printed, and printed in the common language of that day, because when the people went to church, they didn't understand. And the mass was given in Latin, and people were like, huh? Even if it was Germany, do you think that God had anything to do with that? Does God have any idea that a podcast can be used for his message to be heard when people can't leave their home? Or, or do you think that a live feed or live stream can be used for his glory? Do you really think that that is our idea? You know, people freak out because technology is moving so fast. 
And, and technology can be a very bad thing at times because, you, you know, you can get on your phone and, and, and your phone can make you very antisocial. You ever notice that? Everyone texts each other. So in other words, there's no verbal communication going on as much as it used to be. And so you'll send a text. So that, you know, I don't want to call because if I call, they're going to want to talk. <laughs> so I'll send a text and I can stop it. But, 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 but yet at the same time on this, or, or let's talk about the negative, and these smartphones and all these computers, I mean, the, the pornographic highway is just is open, and, and so people can get into, into things that, that, that no one even knows about, and then years later, they are so engulfed, and they're so uh, uh, addicted to, to this, this, this garbage that they begin to, to, they're in bondage to it, and, and so it could be a real negative in that way, but how many of you know that, that, that there is not an excuse for anyone that has a smartphone to not have a Bible. In fact, people, people we, Shauna and I we had the privilege and the blessing of, of leading someone to Jesus not too long ago, just last week, and, and, and they came to Christ and had no church background, and, and they said, well, we don't have a Bible, and they said, I said do you have a smartphone? Yes, I can get you two Bibles right now, free. And you can go on your smartphone and there's, there's apps, version Bible app, there's a Globe Bible, there's all kinds of things. You, and you can have a Bible in your hand. Do you think God is scratching his head thinking, I can't believe that they're so smart? Why didn't I think about that? I put the Ten Commandments on a stone, why didn't I get, just give them a tablet from, the, from Best Buy? Why did I waste my time on those rocks? These people are so smart. I should let them just go ahead and take care of things. Negative. Do you not think that God has something to do with that? Beloved, Jesus said that his gospel would be heard by every nation, by every tongue, by every ethnicity. In Espanol, in Inglés. If I could speak Japanese, I would say it in Japanese, but I can't. Is that worthy of our generosity? Is, is the gospel message worthy of us being generous? People wait in line. People on Black Friday, they wait in line to get an iPad or a Nook or a computer they wait in line they fight to get in there beloved do you think the gospel message that saves a person from hell could maybe be worth a little bit more than an ipad a little a little bit more i don't know When one soul gets saved, it's worth more than a million dollars to God. You know, when, when I gave my life to Jesus, I know that there was a party in heaven. When J.D. McCain gave his life to Jesus, the angels went, Ijuela! Miracles! Romans 10 puts it like this. Faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. Cons just consider this as you pray about our Love Works campaign. You know, I, I, I humor us at 15%. You know, for 15%. I'm, you know what? That's all between God and, and, our, and, and the people. It's really it's between God and the people. I'm just his spokesman. I'm, I am his messenger. I am, I, I, God has, for this time and age, he has allowed for me, he could, have had, he could have gone anyone else and he could have probably got much, someone much better. But God must have thought, hey, that brown dude, I got a plan for him. Amen? And, and, and you know what? I think Oracle's worth them. It's worth it. Oracle. Living Word Chapel, you're worth it. I, I'm going to rock your world. I'm going to take you into uncharted waters. I'm going to see that song that we sang that talked about going into, into waters. G give me some light over here because I'm really dark. Give me, 
I know that you're really into the message. It's a good thing. But you, you go into uncharted waters that you've never been before. And do you know that's always a good thing because it takes faith to go there? Some people have never stepped out of comfort. You've never, how do I know that? Because we have connection cards that say, we need for you to serve. We need for you to serve in the children's area. And you say, that's uncharted waters. Are you with me? But God wants to take everyone way beyond where you've been. He wants to take you. And because he wants the gospel to be proclaimed. How many people can LWC reach with the gospel? I know there'll be at least one today. I know there'll be one that'll listen to the podcast that will say, I need him. Jesus. See, point number two, we, we're generous because the gospel needs to be explained. Everyone wants to understand God. Everyone is scratching their heads, saying, tell me all about God. I, is there a God? I don't, I don't know. I just need answers. The gospel of Jesus makes him very clear. Do you, do you remember what Gary Kinnaman said? If you were here last week, it was amazing. It was a, probably the clearest Clearest proclamation of the gospel message that I have ever heard. If you were not here, you need to listen on the podcast. And what he said is that we make the gospel very difficult when the gospel is very easy. Because the gospel is simply Jesus plus nothing. You see, love works when the gospel is explained because... God is not the author of confusion. When you say, I'm so confused, I'm so confused, God, that's, that's not God. God brings clarity. He brings forth rightness. And the good news should always be what? Good news. The good news should be good. I received, an, uh, I received this e- email last month, and it helps to emphasize this point. I, I, tell, I tell you guys that I put positive things in a file. Remember I said I put in a file? I put negative things in another file. Right? But I received this email. It says, good morning, PJ. My wife and I missed the November 10th service, a matter of conscience. And I just now listened to it on podcast. As you may remember, my wife and I are from different religious backgrounds, me, Roman Catholic, and her Jehovah Witness. While I have accepted over the years her culture of not celebrating birthdays and Christmas and refusal of blood transfusions if needed, I have disagreed with her on these and many other of her religious culture. At times, I have tried to convince her that she was wrong on these issues and needed uh, needed to open her mind and change her thinking. Of course, all of my logic fell on deaf ears. God's message through you on November 10th was a powerful message and hit home with me. I have been judging her on these minor beliefs. I am going to ask my wife to listen to this podcast and then share with her the message I learned from your service, which is do not judge people on minor cultural differences. We are both Christian and through LWC, I feel we are becoming more like Jesus every day. I pray that the Holy Spirit will be with us when we listen to the podcast and my words to her will be loving and not judgmental as in the past. Thank you so much for your teaching of the Bible. You have a clear way of getting the good news to God's people. But you see, beloved, you need to understand something. I know this email is not about me. Because God could speak through a donkey. It's in the Bible. Read it. So it's not about PJ. It's about the gospel being understood. Whether it's taught by Billy Graham, whether it's taught by Andy Stanley, whether it's taught by Mark Driscoll or other teachers of God's word. When the gospel is explained, it changes people. It takes us from being religious to actually having a relationship with our creator.
It helps people walk in grace and understand it's Jesus plus nothing. It helps those that come up for prayer that are feeling so beat up because they made a bad choice or people that are struggling with things to understand that God loves us in our good times and our bad times. He loved us before we ever did anything good. And he loves us especially because we do bad. A love that is incredible for each of us. It's Jesus plus nothing. And it will, it will internalize the reality of Jesus in your life. And we will become more like Jesus every day. The gospel, it emphasizes it. It will emphasize it like this. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. The gospel needs to be explained because the clearer the gospel is, the more victorious your life will be. If we muddy the gospel, if we take our focus off the finished work of Jesus and put it on our own ability to get right with God, it will be a remedy for disaster. Can I tell you when people hurt me? Can I tell you how I can love them? Because Jesus loves me. When I fail him, and I do, He loves me. That's the gospel. And so when people hurt me, I say, Lord, I'm going to love them because you love me. It's the gospel. At Christmas time, you know, we don't have to wait once a year to celebrate gifts and things like that. You can give Pastor James a gift all year long. Why wait? Amen. As we consider this love works cause, think how pleased God is when someone receives his unconditional love for the first time. Think about that. Or when someone grows in their understanding of his unmerited grace, in all its fullness. Think about how pleased God will be. Think as, as we think about going from 15%. I'm going to believe that next week we're going to be at least 50% participation. The, the, whatever the, the, the money thing goes up, I don't care about that. But I'm talking about participating because God's worth it. Love is worth it. Jesus is worth it. You see, the the last point is this. We're generous because the gospel needs to be entertained. Don't freak out. I know someone, oh, we can't have entertainment in the church, pastor. Well, you sure laugh when I dance around. (laughs) You see, the gospel message will never change because it's an eternal message. It's perfect. It's perfect. But the way that we present it is very important. God does not want you to come to church and sleep. This is not Motel 6. If it is, we should charge like a Motel 6. Next time someone is asleep, ushers, would you please go to them and say, pay up for this comfortable place to stay. We leave the lights on for you. (laughs) You see, the, the definition of entertain is to hold someone's attention. Hold it of pleasantly or agreeably. Ain't that cool? To entertain means that 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 Betty is going to be listening pleasantly. And agree with the gospel. You with me? Tammy. Oh, I love preaching when Tammy is listening. Because she's just. 
I love it. I mean, it just does something to a preacher when you have someone just... It just, you just you're just grasping it, amen? Because she's being... She's entertaining the gospel. She's holding her attention. It's pleasant. It's agreeable. It, the, the, to entertain is also to divert. It's also to amuse. You see, when I say that we need to be generous for the sake of the gospel being entertained, it means when a person is entertained by the gospel, it holds their attention. And they're listening with an open heart and open ears. The Holy Spirit moves through the message and it's pleasant to the hearer because it's good news. You see, everyone should always leave a church service, even if you failed, even if you've done something wrong, you should always leave a service thinking there's hope. You should always leave with the understanding that it is good to be in God's house. This is good news. Jesus paid it all. Some of you are thinking, we're going to give that man some money. He needs to go get some vocal lessons. It leads people to agree with the message that we are in need of a Savior, and his save, the Savior's name is Jesus Christ. It diverts people from a life of sin to a life of forgiveness and righteousness. It's okay when the gospel is preached and it visits our emotions. You know, I, I, love, I love a service, and it happens all the time, where during the service, 45 minutes of talking, there's crying, there's laughing, there's anger, and there's all different emotions. There's open, God stirs our emotions. Jesus stirred the emotions of people. The Holy Spirit works on our emotions. He wants you to entertain the possibility that he's worth it. Have you ever been in a conversation and you said, I'm not even going to entertain that thought. I'm not even going to entertain what you just said. Have you ever said that to someone? You see, God wants for you to say, I'm going to entertain that message. I'm going to let it stir me. And I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to make a choice. You see, love works when you make a choice. Could you imagine if Jesus said, could you imagine if Jesus would have said, you know what? I'm thinking about going to the cross. It sounds like if it could do some good. Eh, I don't know. Don't we do that sometimes as people? Oh, I'm thinking about my marriage. Should I? Shouldn't I? I'm thinking about reconciling my friendship with someone. Eh. He's a bum. Nah. Right? But the Holy Spirit stirs our emotions. He, enter, he has us entertained that his ways are better than ours. That Jesus is worthy of our allegiance. That you know what? It, 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 it's worthwhile to forgive people. Because when you do, you're not stuck. You ever been stuck? You just, you just they, they mention a name and you're like, mm, mm, I love them. Help me. Help. Amen? But, then you, but the Holy Spirit wants us to entertain the prospect that, that he's going to work in our hearts. See, the gospel, beloved, needs to be entertained. Because if it wasn't, can I tell you what happens? Can I, churches, churches where they, where they go all out, where they say, you know what? God, you're worth it. We want to do more than the world could ever do. We want to do whatever we can so that people, when they walk in the doors, they're going to say, wow! Wow! The, the, the people welcomed us. They were so friendly. They got cushioned seats. The, they had a heater. They had a conditioner. The, the, the music, it was incredible. They, they prepared the music and it was incredible. The songs, something happened. I walked in there, something happened. I started crying when I was singing. I don't know why. Because of the Holy Spirit. And then the, man, the preacher got up there and he danced around. He did all kinds of things. I laughed. 
They go home and they can't wait to come back because they've entertained the message of God. Can, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you that thousands would come to hear him. Thousands. Why? Because he was amazing. And each one of us that is a child of God, you are amazing. Because God dwells in us. The possibilities are endless. Has God ever used a podcast to reach a person? Has he? Has a message through the television ever reached someone's life? You know, I talk about coming to Living Word Chapel, but there was something that happened before Living Word Chapel. I got home from work, B-shift one night. I had just got a satellite. You know those satellites, a big, big disc? And they had a little motor. Three hundred plus channels, man. I mean, I had a turbo. Got home one night. I got the satellite so I could watch every HBO fight, all the ESPNs, all these different things. I wanted, I wanted to have it all. Came home one night, drinking a beer, turn on, flipping through the channels. Pastor James said he drank a beer. Flipping through the channels, and there was these. Five guys sitting down on some seats, and there was a live Bengal tiger, and these guys had biker jackets on. They had leathers. I was watching them, and my two brothers, Wright Harleys, grew up in that kind of a household. I started listening to them, and everything they, they were talking about Jesus, and everything was resonating in my heart. Then they started speaking in this unknown language. They started speaking in tongues, and I said, Ee! They're freaking out. And I changed it. The seconds went by, the minutes went by, and I could not help myself. I needed to hear what they were going to say to close. Turned it back, and they looked right at the television. They said, you need Jesus. I do. I do need Jesus. Because I've had religion, and it doesn't do any good. And I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ that night. And I drank to that. <laughs> That's where I was at that time. God had a plan. So let me say this, beloved. If this man could have been reached by that, and God could use this foolish person for his glory, how much more other people that are not here, that are not here right now, that you can't get into the church building because they're intimidated by the church building. I mentioned last week, and I'm sorry I'm going over, but these are important things. I, remember, I mentioned last week that about 100 people a month are listening to the podcast, and over 300 people visit our website. P-Dubs picked, picked out our latest, and November we had almost 400 people on our website, and over... 100, 125 that were listening to the podcast. That was November, December. We are way ahead of that. We would never do that without technology. See, we have gone, because of technology, we have gone from a church of 350, 400 people in attendance to 500 people with those that listen every month. We could never do that without technology. Now close your eyes. And I want you to imagine with me. Imagine someone that you know who may struggle to come to church and you've tried to get them here. Now imagine them getting on the website because it's less threatening and listening to a podcast or even seeing it live stream. Imagine him or her being moved by the Holy Spirit through the message and giving their life to Jesus. Now imagine God moving on their hearts 
and they say, I want to go to church with you. Is that worth our investment? You see, beloved, I don't think we can even put a price on how valuable that would be. We can't put a price on how valuable that would be. If you're here today and you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to do so. See, God brought someone here today. I can feel in my spirit. I can sense God has brought you here because he wants to reconcile you to him. You feel abandoned. You feel like if your life is out of whack. God wants to realign your life and he wants to change it for good. And I want you to agree with this prayer if that's you. Just say simply, God, I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. Today I am turning from my sin and my sins and I'm coming to you for forgiveness and for restoration. Thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ to this earth through the virgin birth. Now I understand what Christmas is all about. I confess that he died for all my sins, past, present, and future. I believe he rose from the dead on the third day, just like the scriptures said he would. And today, I declare that I choose to follow Jesus Christ in the fellowship of his church. Amen. And amen. If you've done that today, tell someone, Today's the day that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and you will not be disappointed. Let's all stand and worship our King. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.